Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Second Kings, let's stand for the reading of the word of the Lord. Just before you're seated today, Second Kings chapter 4. Everybody in the room is going to receive a cup in a moment. Taken over. Second Kings chapter 4, verse 3. It says, Then he said, Go borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Somebody say, Empty vessels. Borrow not a few. All types of sizes and shapes, different colors, but they're all vessels. And all of them need filled. Can the church say amen? If you would look on and it says, And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons. Look at your neighbor and say, Everybody needs involved. With the vessels. And shalt pour out into those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went out from him, the prophet, shut the door upon her and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full, everybody shout, shout full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. It stopped flowing. All she had was a nothing but a little flask of oil. Just a, a little oil. Look at your neighbor and say, just a little oil. How many have a cup in your hand? Hold your cup up. Say, it's just a little cup. It, it, I need more than this. But what the prophet was saying to her was this. If you will pour it out, he's going to pour it in. If you will pour it out. Look at your neighbor and say, if you will pour it out, he's going to pour it in. Oh, magnify him. Thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for your word tonight. Oh, hallelujah, we love you and we praise you and we magnify you. We glorify you for who you are in the name of Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Come on, turn to a few people and say, if, you're, if you'll pour it out, he's going to pour it in. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Let me say before I dive in to the message tonight, let me re reiterate the importance of next Sunday. God's house offering is next Sunday. We are, I know you've been praying and seeking God. If you would, over the next week, be praying about that, your commitment to God's house as we continue to remodel and update the building. Just be prayerful about that. The Bible says they gave out of a willing spirit. We believe that's what's happening. Amen. How many have found it a privilege to give to the Lord? That's right. God has blessed us, hasn't he? Hasn't he been good to us? Also, uh, our guest speaker will be Brother Raymond Woodward. He's our evangelist, our teacher for the week. Sunday morning, he'll be talking about God's house and that direction. But Sunday night, he's going to be teaching about the original apostles, what is known as the apostolic doctrine. Jude says, to contend for the faith which was once delivered the saints. And I remember being in school one time and the teacher began to talk about that uh, we were Protestants and that our roots were the Catholic Church. And I raised my hand and I said, Mrs. Hill, I said, ours, ours is not. Oh, she said, yes, it is. I said, I, I'm not trying to argue, but we don't claim to be one of the branches 
of Christianity. We believe we're the stone. And I said, we go back and we live, we preach, and we teach, not according to a religion, but according to fundamental biblical teaching. That's why we baptize in submersion by saying in the name of Jesus Christ, invoking that over them. Why? Because that's exactly how the apostles did it. Even though Christianity today, uh, by and large, they, they have another formula of baptism. But I said, we go back and do it just like that. If you're interested in that, you're going to hear him talk about the oneness of God, the name of Jesus, the, the Holy Ghost with the, the initial evidence of speaking in other tongues. It's going to be a powerful week. Are you excited about, amen, the teaching? It's going to be the best teaching you've ever heard. It really will. It's going to be amazing on this subject. And so tonight, I, I speak to you from a, an abundant heart. I really feel in my heart just uh, gratitude about where we are. Over the years, we've had so many prophecies about what God was going to do in the city of Zanesville, right here in the church and beyond. And um, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see so many new people coming to God. So many people from every age demographic are coming to the Lord. They are. I'm glad that in the last month we baptized 35 people in the name of Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. When I evangelized, I went to churches and sometimes baptismal tanks were storage tanks. You go in there and they had, it was, it was all the Christmas decorations inside the baptismal room. And when I was evangelist, I'd go look at the baptismal. I would. I'd go look in the baptismal tank because if it was filled with decorations and all kinds of stuff, I knew they weren't expecting anybody to be saved. But I'm glad we got one over here that's got fresh water in it. Amen. We'll baptize you at daybreak, midnight. How many know whenever you give your life to the Lord, they went to the same hour and got baptized? We're excited about that. We really are. And to, and, and to move on what I preached this morning, that in the road of recovery, God places somebody in need in your life to let you realize you're really not down to nothing. You still have something that you can give and bless somebody else with. God will put broken people in your life when you're in a trial of your life because you can't be blessed if you do not give, Jesus taught. He taught that, that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And he teaches us the concept of an open hand. And sometimes when we're in need, sometimes the best thing to do is to help somebody, is to love somebody, is to reach out to somebody. And I really do believe that. And I want our counselors in the church, if your profession is counseling, I know there's several here, I want you to stand tonight. There, there's several in the room, several that's getting uh, educated in this. Uh, maybe there's a few more that are missing. Remember this, in every recovery, the person in recovery must have a person in their life that they're trying to pour out to. They have to feel purpose before they can find healing. They have to feel valuable before they can find healing. I preached that this morning. And in your endeavor, you're not, you, I don't know if, you, if they teach this in college, but what I do know biblically is God will place somebody in their life that they can pour out what you've been pouring into them. Amen. You may be seated. The, the text in which I read today is about a lady that her husband died it's not a new sermon that I'm preaching tonight, maybe just a little different, but I feel to preach it again, something I spoke to you about a, a few months ago because I feel like this is where we are. And uh, she is a widow woman and her husband has recently passed away and they have two boys. It's bad enough that he's, he is, he's died and that she's left with the, uh, the house to take care of and the boys are raised by herself. And, and then one day a knock comes on the door and the debt collector's there. He said, I've come to collect for the debt that your husband owed me. She said, I don't, I don't have anything. I can't pay that. He's, he's died unexpectedly and, and I, I don't have any funds to pay off the debt. And, and uh, uh, Brother Kirk Bride, and something, something happened that devastated her. He said, well, I'll have to take your boys. Your boys will have to become my servants and they can work off that debt. Could you imagine being a widow and about to lose your boys? It's a bad day. And the scripture tells us that 
that she, she um, cried out to the prophet and she said, I need help. I have debt I gotta pay. I'm about to lose my sons. I've already lost my husband. I don't know what to do. And the prophet says to her in 2 Kings 4 and 2, he said, he said uh, what do you have in your house? And she said, thine handmaid hath not anything in the house. How many's ever been in a moment in your life where you felt like you didn't have anything left? You ever been there? You feel like you spent all. You felt like you didn't have anything left. He said to her, what do you have in your house? And she said, thine handmaid hath not anything in the house. And there's almost a pause. And she says, save a pot of oil. I don't have a whole lot. It's not enough. I almost didn't even count it. But all I have is a pot of oil. And he says to her, watch what he says. Then he said, go. Everybody shout go. If you've got something in your house, you've got enough to go on. There's no quit in us. There can't be a stop in us. I don't know why I'm preaching this again tonight, but God didn't bring you to the trial for you to die in the trial. He's gonna get you through the trial and you've got what you need to come out of the trial. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not. He's going to take care of me. Look at your neighbor and say, God's going to take care of me. Amen. I'm walking with him. I'm not going to go anywhere without him. Jesus isn't my co-pilot. Somebody had a bumper sticker one time that says, Jesus, he's my co-pilot. He's not my co-pilot. He's my pilot. Amen. He is setting the course. He's setting the pace. He's the determining where I am going. Amen. I don't want Jesus following me. I'd make a mess of my life. But if I'm following him, I know it's gonna be okay. And yes, if I'm following him, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Let's go back for a moment. He restoreth. God's gonna restore everything that seems to get broken on your journey of life. He's gonna restore it. He's going to fix it. Somebody shout, God's going to fix it. When I was growing up, there was a guy that worked with us. When we were building the church, the sanctuary in Glen Ferris, West Virginia, his name was Herb. Herb would be cleaning up, laboring around the church, and you'd hear him go something like this. Troubles in my way. Got to cross sometime. Oh, so much trouble. Brother Nehemiah. I gotta cry sometime. He'd be working and sweeping. I laid awake at night, laid awake at night. Oh, but that's all right. I know that Jesus, he's gonna fix it after a while. Boy, he could sing it. He would be worshiping God while he was working at the church. I'll never forget one day, Herb's wife stopped by to see him and, and she said, you know, Herb's the only man I know that can take something to the junkyard and come back with more than he took. Because when he went to the junkyard, what everybody else had thrown away, he felt like he could restore it and make use of it. I come to tell you, the enemy might throw you away, but God said, I'm the restorer of the soul. I can fix what seems to be broken. I'm not done, even though you've been marred. Somebody say amen. Let God restore you, and when you look at the story and he looks at the woman and says, you've got a pot of oil, then go. Go where? Go borrow the vessels abroad, abroad. Don't limit a small area. Go abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. I've learned that people that come to church full, they leave not satisfied. I've seen people come to church and when they come to church, Proverbs 27 says that, that, that the full loatheth the honeycomb. What does that mean? It means those that are full don't even eat the honey. But to the hungry, even the bitter things are sweet. What that means is if you're full of a bunch of stuff, even the dessert doesn't sound good. How many ever eat until you couldn't eat anymore? You said, I, I regret, I shouldn't have ate that extra. How I many know what I'm talking about? 
That's how people come to church, and that's a problem. They done fill themselves up with entertainment and the world and all kinds of books and all kinds of things, and they get to church, their, their minds, they, they don't care about the preaching, but you give me somebody. I remember a lady that sat right back there where Sister Castle is, and I, I talked to her, and man, the whole time, she was sitting back there weeping and crying. She was like a sponge soaking it all in. I went back and introduced myself to her. She was repenting at her seat. I said, I'm so glad you're here. She said, I've been preparing to come. I said, what do you mean? She said, I just assumed if I was going to get something out of church, I need to fast a little while so I could come empty so he could fill me up. That's what she told me. I don't think we ought to come to church so full of the world that we don't want anything from God. I think we ought to come in and say, Lord, I've been waiting on this moment. I want you to fill me up. I'm ready for you to fill me up. Somebody say Amen. There's an old song that says, ah, I've got to praise and I've got to let it out. There's got to be a moment you start pouring yourself out. Don't come to church full. You need to come and empty yourself out. Empty praise on him. Empty worship on him. Begin to magnify him. Is there anybody here that says, I'm glad I came to the house of God and begin to praise the name of the Lord. Somebody shout empty vessels. I want you to tell two or three people around you, say, you need to come empty. Man, you may be seated. You need to come empty. How do you become empty? You empty yourself. You pour yourself out. They borrowed all these. Let me, let me stay right here for a minute. I was pondering this week the scripture from Psalms 107. Psalms 107 and 2. I want you to read it with me today. Psalms 107 and 2. If you have your Bibles, I want you to get it. I want you to mark it. I want you to study it. I want this to be a verse that's in your spirit. We just sang this song just a moment ago. It says this in Psalms 107 and 2, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Whom he hath, what? Redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I have seen people that God had been delivered, but they attended places where they were not allowed to worship attended places where they were not allowed to praise. I mean, they were almost like a pressure cooker ready to release something. They were grateful for what God had done for them, but they were ready to pour something out called worship. I think we ought to be that way. I can't wait to get to the house of God to thank him for the blessings this week. I went somewhere one time and somebody said amen and everybody in the room turned around and looked at him. Oh my goodness, what in the world's wrong with that guy? Somebody said amen, amen. I'm gonna tell you at the anchor about everybody saying amen. Praise him, somebody shout praise him. Let the redeemed of the Lord be quiet. Let the redeemed of the Lord not tell anybody. Let the redeemed of the Lord hide out in a corner somewhere and just hope Jesus comes so they won't backslide. No, it's not what it says. It says let the redeemed of the Lord say so, that means if he's redeemed you, you should let that word come out of your mouth. The Bible says the fruit of my lips. Amen, we were singing about it tonight. We were praising him about it tonight. But you shouldn't be redeemed and no one in your world know about it. He said you need to go talk to people about this. You need to let them know what God has done for you. Do you believe that? Amen, watch what it says, and gathered them. He said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Whom he hath, what? Redeemed from the hand of the enemy. You were in bondage when you came to God. He reached and pulled you out and he cut off all the chains and all the obligations and the enemy from your life. It's just like the children of Israel when they come out of Egypt, crossed the Red Sea, and the Red Sea washed all of those Egyptian soldiers away and they were free. That's redemption. Somebody shout, redeemed. And gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. He gathered them from everywhere. All of us have come from different places, but if he saved us, he redeemed us. Stay with me. They wandered in wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them out of their distresses. He led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city of habitation. 
he said, it hasn't always been this good. There was a moment in my life I was in bondage. There was a moment in my life I was bound by addiction. I was bound by sin. I was bound by false teachings, false doctrines. There was a moment in my life that I did not know God, but he redeemed me and he saved me from the hand of my enemy. That's what it's saying. Come on, it hasn't always been this good. You didn't always look this good. You didn't always have what you have. There was a moment in your life you went to bed empty and broken and disgusted. But one day the Lord heard your cry and he brought you out. He brought you out of sin. He brought you out of bondage. He's done a miracle in your life. Come on, has anybody ever been healed or delivered? Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. Sister Kathy Gibson is watching tonight. Brother Nehemiah's mother, it was around a dozen years ago that when you called me, I went to the hospital. And when I went into the uh, intensive care unit, she was laid out. She was at the edge of death, seven days being in a coma. She was there. She had an addiction in her life. She had a pain pill addiction in her life back in those days. She was in bondage. She was lost. She was a sinner. Matter of fact, she was a backslider. And here she was at the edge of death. But I remember when we began to pray that the sweet presence of the Lord moved in that room. And God, she told me, she said, and God visited me around that time and he began to speak to me about my future and my life. I'm glad to tell you that she gets out and God heals her and then delivers her from a pain pill addiction and then gives her a ministry. That's redemption. That's redemption. Come on, he didn't leave me in my failure. He didn't leave me in my mess. He brought me out of that and he gave me peace. I feel like shouting. I feel like dancing. I feel like, come on, if he's been good to you, clap your hands and praise him for his goodness. Praise the name of the Lord. He brought me to a habitation. Look at Psalms 107 and eight, the next verse. Look what it says. Throw it up here so everybody can see it. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Somebody shout for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men for he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. My, 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 my. I come to tell you what the world can't give you, God's got it all for you. What you can't get from the world, God has it right here in his spirit. Amen. How many believe heaven can open a night and you can get what you've been desiring from the Lord? Don't leave here dry. You need to get a, a drink out of the spout where the joy comes out. It's the presence of God. It really is his presence. Somebody say amen. I'm moved to my soul. Job says, Job chapter 26, I want you to turn there with me. I'm talking about pouring it out tonight. What are we gonna pour out? We're gonna pour out praise here tonight. We're gonna let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You understand at the end of this message what I'm talking about when it ties together? But watch what Job said. Job makes a statement about praise. He says, for he maketh small the drops of water. They pour down rain according to the vapor thereof. He said, God maketh small the drops of water. They pour down, they pour down rain according to what? Everybody say the vapor thereof, which the clouds do drop and distill upon man abundantly. What he was saying was the proportion of the rainfall is determined by the amount of vapor sent up. If there is no vapor, there is no rain. If there is no vapor, there is no abundance. My kids informed me not too long ago that on the way to Coshocton, they said when we were little, how many have been on the way to Coshocton? You look at them, there's those big smokestacks. They thought those were cloud makers. Cloud makers. Thought was coming from a power plant. Oh my. No, the clouds aren't made by power plants. They're made by vapor. 
And it appears that the abundance of rain that comes down is based upon the vapor that goes up. Let me just word it this way. He said, if you'll pour vapor or praise upon me, if you will pour it out, then I'm going to pour abundance back in. Give me somebody that doesn't praise him, I'll show you somebody that's not in abundance of blessing. But give me somebody that'll praise him and I'll show you somebody that walks in the abundance of his blessings. Amen. I think somebody in the room tonight before you leave, you ought to create a cloud above you with some vapor of praise and say, God, you've been good to me. Lord, I thank you for my family. I thank you for saving me. I thank you for healing my crooked feet. I thank you, God, for the blessings. Come on, is there anybody in the room that says, I'm gonna create a cloud of abundance with the praise that comes up from my spirit. Oh, clap your hands and praise him right now. Magnify him. Magnify the Lord. Praise God. From by them judgeth, verse 31, in the people. He giveth meat in abundance. There was a reason the psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Why? Because I'm gonna praise him. There's moments in your life you won't feel like it. Hold your cup up. Boy, I just got a little bit of gratitude, just a little bit of thanksgiving. There's a song, when the saints go. Then there's a song that says, when the saints come dragging in. How many has ever been the saint that came dragging in? Oh man, tough week, weary, tired. And he looked at the woman and said, I realize that what you have seems small and insignificant compared to what you need. But when you come to the house of God, you don't worship according to how you feel. You start worshiping because of what you know. And there's times in your life you might not feel like leaping. You might not feel like shouting hallelujah. You might have a hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You might, well, let me, let me, let me, let me just find some weary saint here tonight. Set beside Sister Christa here for a moment. Sister Christy worked all week, scoot over, worked with patience and dealt with school and oh my lands. Pastor, just be glad I showed up tonight. You know, I could have stayed home and got some risk because I got study to do tomorrow. And they think I'm calling you out. I'm just teasing you. And see, when you're in church and you're weary, you have to realize this is his house. This is a house of prayer, a house of worship, a house of praise. There's a fellowship hall somewhere that way. There's an entrance place right there. But the Bible says when you come through that door, you enter with gates with thanksgiving. And then say, enter his gates if you thanksgiving if you feel grateful, if you feel energetic, if you feel good. It, it, it's a commandment. Praise is not optional. Praise is a commandment. See, there's times in your life. See, I've been in this a long time. I'm 41. I was raised. I was born on Sunday and I was in church on next Wednesday, the following Wednesday. I've been in church all my life. Maybe missed a handful of Sundays in 41 years. But I'm going to tell you something. I've learned something. That when I come into his house, there is, there is an expectancy from God toward me. And that I, I don't come in based on what I, I how I feel. Because there's sometimes I don't feel good. Anybody ever not felt good? But the scripture says in Psalms 100, make a joyful noise. Sometimes you don't want to. You've got to make it happen. Oh yeah, you come to church and boy, you look at a, you, you you look at somebody over here, Brother Tyler over here this morning up on his feet. Hey, Amen. What's he so excited about? My goodness, somebody else worshiping God. Here goes Brother Nehemiah trying to get us all riled up again. Oh, here he is. He gonna sing that song again? Doesn't he know my my ankles are hurt, my knees are tired, my lands. Look at Pastor Bounds preaching. You know he's gonna give one of those long standing altar calls. Yeah, I've heard your complaints. It's been noted down. I'm trying to do better here. Let he know that I'm tired. Oh, my lands. My belly's starving. I need to get right a rush here from where I'm at. I'm meddling right now. I need to move on. And here it is. If we're not careful, we'll be thinking about us and not about him. 
where we're going to eat, what we got to do. We got our mind on everything but the Lord. And here the Lord's walking up and down these aisles, up and down the rows. Oh, yeah, and he comes over to this guy, and he's thinking about what he's got to do at work today and work tomorrow. And, oh, he comes over and sees, he sees Sister Sandy over here, and she's thinking about those grandkids and how they messed up their house this morning. And over he come over here, and all oh, the minds on everything but him. And he walks up and he's looking for somebody that says, I realize I've got a lot of stuff in my life, but God, my phone's off when I'm in church and I'm turning my mind off to everything else when I'm in church because you've been good to me. When I come in, I'm gonna lift my hands and say, thank you, Jesus. I, hey, if all I can do is prop my hand up. I'm gonna prop my hand up. If all I can do is wiggle one of my toes to the beat, I'm not gonna sit here and do nothing because he's been too good to me for me to do nothing. I, I'm gonna praise him. I'm gonna magnify him. I'm gonna let him know. Thank you for Calvary. Come on, and anybody feel like clapping your hands? Anybody feel like praising? He said, if you'll pour it out, he's gonna pour it in. Somebody shout amen. I want you to shout if you pour it out. He's going to pour it in. Oh, yeah, amen. You may be seated. My great-grandmother, Kinder, she would come to the church. I, I, I just barely remember her. I was so young when she passed away. I, I don't know how she was. She might have been 110, 120. I, I don't know. She, you know, everybody's old when you're a little guy. I remember when 40 was old. It's such a young age nowadays. And 60's looking a whole lot younger. Isn't it, Brother Nehemiah? He turned, he, he's 44. He looks good to be 40. Turned 44 yesterday. Give him a hand. Hey, Brother Redman, you're, not, you're hiding out back there, but he turned 55. Double nickels today. Happy birthday, Brother Redman. Your hair's not as dark as it used to be, but I'm gonna tell you right now, he praises him every time he comes to church. I love, I made my commitment. I'll get back to Grandma Kinder in here in just a minute, but you listen. My favorite verse when I committed to the Lord is when the Bible says that Jacob leaned upon his staff in his elder age and he worshiped God. When I gave my life to God at 15, I said, Lord, I'm gonna be gray-headed. I didn't know I was gonna lose my hair, but I'm gonna be gray-headed and I'm gonna praise him no matter how I feel. If I get there and my knees hurt, Arthur joins the body, it doesn't matter. I'm gonna magnify God if I've gotta lean on a staff to praise him because he has been good to me. Would you jump to your feet and say, God, you have been good. You have been good. You have been good to me. Somebody say, he's been good to me. Oh, yeah, Sister Teresa, when God healed you of cancer, I know you're thankful for that. Anybody else been healed of a disease, a sickness of some sort? Amen. It's okay to get happy. It's all right to express yourself. We, we should let football players get more praise than God gets. He's been good to me. Hallelujah. He said we're two or three are gathered together in my name. He said, there I am in the midst of them. Psalms 150 says that praise you the Lord. Praise you the name of the Lord. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him in his sanctuary. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. That means your level of praise is based upon your level of gratefulness. Your level of praise is based upon your level of benefits that he has given to you. Then it goes on to say, praise him on the high sounding cymbal. Praise him up on the, uh, on the string instruments and the drums. Praise him with the timbrel and the dance. It's okay, let me just preach what I feel here tonight. It's okay to praise him because why? He inhabits the praises of his people. Are you ready for this? It doesn't matter how you feel. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Won't you take 20 seconds and praise him? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody shout, thank you, Jesus. Everybody shout, thank you, Jesus. You can be seated for a moment. I feel like having a praise break right here, right now. Anybody in the building feel like praising him? Woo, it's all right to get out. You didn't come here to go to sleep. You came here to praise him. That's why you came here tonight. You come up to lift up the name of Jesus. You come to magnify him. Oh, glory. Grandma Kinder, she'd come to church. Yes, she would. She'd come to church and that'd help her in the church. You heard me tell it many times. She'd come to church like this. 
That's how she'd come to church. My Aunt Martha would lead her into the church building. This is how she got in. It would take a long time to get to the seat. She sat down. When she sat down, it was relief. Let's start singing the songs. Let's start singing glory, magnifying him and praising him song. When I think of the goodness of Jesus, there's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from your burden of sin? Sing songs like, thank God for the blood. Oh, I want to see him and look upon his face. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that would be. And all of a sudden, grandma would start praising him. I don't know how she started, I don't remember. But what grandma would do, she would just give God what she had. She was pour out what she had. She was saying, I've been redeemed and I'm gonna talk about it. I've been redeemed and I'm not gonna hide it. I'm not gonna have my light put under a, a bushel. Uh-uh. I'm I'm gonna let everybody know that he's been good to me. That's Come on, you're the salt and light. Don't, don't hide your praise. Go ahead and express your praise. Somewhere between the song and a praise, she would get out of the aisle and she would dance and spin and shout before God. She would, she would worship. The Bible says to praise him in a dance. Don't make fun of people dancing before the Lord. Amen, don't you do it. Michael did it and she became barren because of it. She never had children because of it. Don't you mark, mock a worshiper because the Bible says he, he, he seeketh such. God's looking for people to worship him. Amen, and I wonder if he's found anybody in Zanesville tonight when he looks out of heaven. Is there any worshipers in the building? Are there any worshipers in this city? Listen, I don't care what anybody else is doing. I'm gonna praise him. And God says, that's one that desires me. Right, there's one that's thankful. And the Lord, oh, Brother Nehemiah, your heart's so open to the Lord tonight. I can feel that tonight. And God's gonna bless you abundantly. He's gonna financially bless you again. It's just around the corner. You start praying it and speaking it. He's gonna take care of what, God's, what God is doing in McConnell's. But don't worry about it. Don't worry about the timing. God's gonna take care of it. Come on, he's got my tomorrow. Who cares about my past when he has my tomorrow? Something happens, something happens. And she would start praising him and spinning and dancing and shouting and worshiping and glorifying God. Go back to her seat and after church they'd have to help her back to her car. Why? Because if you will pour out what you have, God's gonna pour in what you need. I said if you will pour out what you have, he's gonna pour in what you, I don't care if you just have a little strength, just a little strength. Oh, he's gonna take your little strength and give you great strength. Do you believe that? Amen, I'm almost done here tonight. How many believe God has something greater for you? Why don't you take a moment, just give him the little strength. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Somebody say in Jesus' name. He said, I don't want you to gather a few. I told y'all this a few months ago. I said, let's not gather a few. He said, gather not a few vessels. Get the kids involved. Get your boys involved. Uh, where, come, up, come up here, Sawyer. Come, come, come and help me today. Where's your cup at? You got a cup? Go, go get your cup. Yeah. I want you to bring me the cup. And uh, this boy... Listen to dad now. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. His mom be getting after me if I do that. Oh yeah, he he loads it down. Borrow from every neighbor. Go abroad and borrow. Because what God's about to do is unlimited. It's only limited by what you do. There is zero limit on how much God is going to pour in out of her small container. It's based upon what she does with it. She sends them out. I wish somehow, and I love seeing all these young people in this church. 
me bear my soul for just a few moments here before I close. When I see young people, see, if we don't get young people involved in the oil, we're not going to have any young people in the church. When I say oil, I, I, I'm not... I'm not talking about olive oil. I'm talking about the anointing. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he hath anointed me. We've got to have young people seeing God's presence and the miraculous poured out among us. Hey, listen, church in the country club where we just come and join the membership, this is where God comes and operates among his people. They need to see miracles happen. They need to see the blinded eye open. They need to see the lame walk and the dumb talk and the deaf hear. Lay him right there. Lay him right there. I feel this here tonight. There's an abundance of miracles that we're gonna see right here on this local campus. People of every disease are gonna be healed. I'm telling you what I know. He said, you gather, just bring me some empty vessels. Bring me some people that spent everything they had on many physicians but only go worse. But when Jesus touches them, they're made whole. It's gonna happen right here in this church. More miracles than we've ever seen. If you believe it, say amen. Hey, Mom, I've, I've, I've gathered, and uh, hey, Mom, I just want—I just want—I just want to see you, Church. You're the bride. I just want to see you do what the prophet said to do. Everybody, everybody, you got your pot of oil. It's not enough until you pour it out. Don't ever say, I don't have enough to see God move in my life. He can form the world on nothing. But all he asks you is to give something. Come on, you got enough faith in there to muster up. Stir the gift that's within me. To every man is dealt a measure of faith. You need to reach down and say, you know what? I think it is going to be all right. I just believe God's going to, come on, I believe you can. I'm going I'm to muster up some faith to say, God, I am believing that you are going to work a miracle. Amen. Come here, Rachel. Come here, Rachel. You're going to be mama. Take that and pour, pour. And that little bit of oil just... If I was you, I'd look up in there and see what's happening. Look. You get a little more interested. It makes no sense that that much can feel that and that and that and that one all from the same container because it's a principle. When you obey the word of God and what the man of God has said from the word of the Lord, what you pour out is gonna be multiplied exponentially. It's only limited to when you stop bringing vessels. It's only limited when you stop saying, I'm redeemed. It's only limited when you stop praising, when you stop witnessing, when you stop talking about it. It's only limited when there's no more vessels to fill. Somebody say amen. And here's what I'm preaching. You come to church and you're exuberant. But when's the last time you told an unchurched person, maybe a friend or family member, that you're redeemed? When's the last time you told your testimony to somebody? When's the last time you shared with what God's done for you? When's the last time you told how God healed you, how he brought you out? When's the last time you shared with somebody? He said, oh, that men would praise the Lord. It's one thing to praise him here in the sanctuary. It's another thing to praise him out there in the firmament of his power. God's not limited to this building. He's waiting on some of you just to go get a vessel and say, I know where there's oil's at. I know you've been empty. I know you've been broken, but I know where there's oil. There's an abundance. And I speak to this church as I close. I know I preach about the redeemed of the Lord saying so. I preach here tonight about the abundance. If you'll pour it out, he'll pour it in. But this is what the Lord's saying. No longer should the saints of the church just be coming to church for you. Everybody coming to church ought to have an empty vessel with them. I'm talking about every family, every young person, a neighbor, a friend, a family member. And if you'll bring the vessels, God is gonna fill them up. All you have to do is bring them here and the Lord's gonna fill them up. Do you believe that? Yeah. Clap your hands if you believe it.
I'm not casually preaching something to you because, because it just feels, I'm telling you what I know. If you will bring people, God is gonna fill them up. This city's tired of crack cocaine. They're, they're tired of dead end roads. They're tired of brokenness. I looked at this one. Look at that one. I saw Brother Ethan. I think it was, I don't know, one trying to put that back together. It's okay. I don't care if they're broken, bring them. Because if they're empty and they're longing and they're looking, God is going to fill them with what he died to give them. Let's praise him all over the building. Let's praise him. Come on, if he's been good to you, praise him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Sawyer, I want you to grow up seeing miracles. And you're going to grow up seeing miracles. I remember on one service, this church, we had over a dozen miracles. Heart valves, liver disease, kidney disease, growths disappear, surgeries canceled in one service. But he's not limited to one service. All he's limited to is vessels that need what he wants to pour out. When there was, when there were no more vessels, guess what? There was no more oil to be poured. God has opened the door to you and your world, your circle. Everybody tell you, say my circle. God didn't call you to reach the whole world. He calls you, called you to reach your world. He's going to put people in your world. Brother Brad, Sister Megan, I want you to come. I want you to stand right here because the Lord's going to do something in you tonight. I feel that so strongly. Go ahead. You keep praying those prayers. Receive of the Lord right now. Hallelujah. How many have come hungry and you're ready for a touch of God? Would you come? Come on, if you come empty and you said, I want more of God. You might, you might have been saved for 50 years, but tonight I'm gonna pour praise on the Lord. You're watching by way of the web. I come to tell you, just start lifting your hands right where you are in your living room or wherever you are and start reaching out to God for he's gonna touch you right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Reach him. Reach for him all over this building. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, we love you. Come on. That's it. God, I'm opening my heart. I'm opening up my spirit. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Empty yourselves out right now, God. I don't want anything in my life that's more important than you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, God, we love you today. We love you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Oh, Lord, you died to give us life. Come on, that's it. Lift your voice and praise him for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we surrender all. Hallelujah. In the name, in the name, in the name of the Lord. Oh, God, we want your presence to be filled in this room, to feel this. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Hallelujah. 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 In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want you to tell the Lord, I want to be refilled with your spirit. In the renewing of my mind, God, by your spirit. God is commissioning us tonight to become hungry for him again. He's commissioning us right now to be hungry for what he's hungry for to be thirsty for what he's thirsty for, that we would do his will. There's a generation dependent upon it. 
God have mercy. The Lord wants to speak to us right now. Seek him. Go ahead. Take a moment and seek the Lord. Hallelujah. God, I feel I've preached what you've given me. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm hungry for you, God. I'm thirsty for you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I think God wants us to come to the church open, hungry, and thirsty for Him. When the level of entertainment goes up, the move of the Spirit goes down in our life. How many know it's very true? We celebrate here in a few weeks, May the 31st, what is known as Pentecost Sunday. We use that title in our life that we're Pentecostal because we believe in the Pentecostal experience where the Holy Ghost was poured out on the day of Pentecost, which was a holiday. And for the first time, someone was filled with the Spirit, began to speak in, a, in another language as Jesus said they would. They would speak in, in other languages. And we've experienced that. But what you have to understand about Pentecost they didn't just show up and wander in. They were three days fasting, emptying themselves out, being so they would be hungry for God. And the night before Pentecost, they had an all-night prayer meeting. I believe God's calling us back to that, a place where we seek the Lord more than five minutes or seven minutes or have a 19-second worship moment and get back to where we get lingering in His presence. No one, people come to church and no one wants to leave and the preacher might preach and the presence of God moves and no one wants to leave because they're hungry for him. That's what we've got to get back to. It's not protocol. We're not bound to protocol. We're here to seek the face of God. And man, some people seek the hand of God when they should be seeking the face of God. I tell you what, there's a revival in you. Brother Brad, the Lord's going to put some things in your spirit when you're praying. I don't understand except when I know what I feel right now. I was going to put some things in your spirit and I want you to pray it to pass. It's going to come with a level of fasting. It's going to come with an early morning prayer meeting, but God's going to speak to your spirit. And that's what I feel, that God is calling you to reach your circle. Amen. Everybody in this room ought to be making an action item commitment that's saying, you know what, I'm going to bring somebody to the house of God with me. I don't care how extreme they are. I don't care who they are. I'll work with them. God's going to put them in my path as I preach this morning, but I'm going to help a wounded man become saved. I'm going to help a broken person become healed. You believe God wants to use you in that way. There's a harvest right now. There really is. I wouldn't be surprised we didn't baptize somebody else before we leave here. But right now, I want us to begin to pray, God, lead us to the people, to empty vessels. I'm asking you to give us favor with God and man. Lord, that we can get the gospel to everybody, Lord, in this region, north, south, east, and west, as the psalm said. Lord, to bring them out of bondage, to bring them out of addiction, Bring them out of some level of sin, oh God, through the power of the gospel in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, commit to a prayer meeting with God. I'm hungry for you. I'm thirsty for you. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Brother Cody, come.
to Cody come. I want us to pray. I want, I want us to pray. I want Pastor Cody to come right now, wherever he is. In the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord. Let's pray. Let's get a hold of God. Amen. There was an anointing of the Lord upon you a while ago. Lead us in prayer. Do what you feel. Lift your hands all over the room, Lord. We pray right now. We feel a lingering in the Holy Ghost right now. Lord, we pray, oh God, for there to be a hunger among us. God, for there to be a desire in us. I want you to pray right now, Lord, show me my circle. Show me my circle. Show me. God, show me my circle. Show me the people I'm supposed to reach. Come on, pray that right now. Show me the people, Lord. Come on, this is where we find it. We find it in prayer. Lord, show me my circle. Come on, pray that right now. Show me who I'm supposed to pour into, Lord. Show me, Lord. Show me, Lord. Come on, this is where we find it. Come on, it comes out of prayer. In Acts chapter 2, when, when God filled that 120 with the Holy Ghost, the Bible says that outside of that room, this is very simple, but, but you need to understand this, what I feel to tell you. The Bible says that outside of that upper room that there were those from all, all different walks of life. They spoke different languages. And outside of that room, they heard languages coming from inside of that room. They heard certain people inside of the church speaking their language. And when that person heard their language, that room, is it possible that that room became attainable to them? I understand it. I can, I can see it. I can, I can get that because somebody in there has come from where I am. Somebody has come from where I've come from. And so here's, here's what I feel to tell you. We feel an overwhelming pressure when we sometimes when we hear God's called you to save the world or save people around you. And we feel, I'm telling you, Pastor Tuesday, you set me free. And Pastor Nehemiah, we talked about it in the office. But, but we feel so much pressure to reach everybody, to reach everybody, and we spin and spin in circles, and and, uh, and all we 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 feel we almost feel guilt because feel like we're not doing enough, feel like we're not reaching enough. But the revelation is is that there are people, specific people, that God God has not called you to reach your whole street. He's not called you to reach your whole city. He's not called you to reach everybody at your workplace. But he has put somebody in your world that he's called you to reach. Everybody say one. One. If each one will reach one, think, think of that. Think of, look around, look in this room. If, you, if everybody in this room reaches one, what does this room look like now? And we feel so much pressure to do so great of a thing 
that the great thing paralyzes us from doing the little thing. I know what I'm telling you right now. The great thing paralyzes us from doing the little thing. Do not despise the small thing. It's the small thing. His, the Bible says that his yoke is easy and his burden is like, if it is guilt driven, it's not of God. If it's guilt driven, it's not of God. What happens out of your altar is God places people, my, God places people in your spirit or a person in your spirit. And out of your altar comes a love for a person or a couple or a family. God puts a love for you for that person. And when God gives that to you, what's he doing? He's giving you a burden for that person or those people. And that's, that's who God is calling you to reach in that moment. And when you're sensitive to that, now the guilt is gone and there's this overwhelming love for this person and so it's easy to pray, it's easy to call, it's easy to follow up, it's easy to stay in contact because you love them. It all comes out of love. It's easy and it's light. And when you do it God's way, it'll set you free. I want you to lift your hands right now and say, God, I want to do it your way. I want to do it your way. I want to do it out of love. Come on. Holy Ghost is helping some of you right now. I want to do it out of love. God, you've not meant this to be heavy and more than we can bear. You've not called us, Lord, to kill ourselves reaching to people. You've called us to just, just, just share what we know. You've called us to love people. That's all. That's all, God. That's all, God. Come on, some of you need to repent right now. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for making it too much of a burden to bear. Forgive me, oh Lord. God, I want to do it your way. I want to do it your way. I want to do it your way. Amen. Eternity's a long time to not be reaching for somebody. Bible says some saved by compassion and others saved them by fear. Considering the, considering the flames, the scripture talks about. But both were reaching because eternity is a long time not to be reaching for somebody. And uh, I want to say something neat and I'll let you go. Something very neat happened to me a few years ago, around five years ago. I was telling Nautica about this yesterday. Where's, where's Nautica at? Hey, there you are. It was about her, her grandmother. And Carolyn, who we just love and appreciate, Sister Carolyn. But about five years ago, I had a dream. And in that dream, I saw a picture of a lady. And that picture in my dream just did like this. Came to me in a dream. And at the bottom of the picture was a name. It was Carolyn. I got up five years ago and started praying for a person I have never met. And seeking God for Carolyn. I got on Facebook, social media, typed the name in there, tried to look in the area, trying to find this person I had never seen. I knew it was a dream from the Lord. And I was praying. I told my wife about it. I woke her up and said, God, show me a picture of a lady last night. And I've been seeking God for this lady. Nearly five years later, so it might have been six or so years ago, uh, Nautica started coming, and her grandmother and I went back and she said, can I talk to you, Pastor? I said, yes. And I said, I can meet you tomorrow. And she came to the office. When she sat down in, on my couch, here came that face. It was her, and that's Carolyn. But the exact spelling that she spells her name with was on that picture. What I'm saying is when you're reaching, you've got to reach who God's calling you to reach. And the Lord adds to the church daily such as should be saved. And there are so many that God's reaching, but he needs a vessel to use. He needs a vessel to use. You're not going to run out of oil. What would you do if somebody came here and gave their life to the Lord? Wouldn't that be worth it? If you'll bring them, God's going to save them. God's going to minister to them. There's so many amazing people that just need a chance, need a touch of God. Amen, amen, amen. That's right. Uh, Sawyer and I had a, last year at this time, uh, might have been two years ago, we were door knocking 
trying to find somebody to reach. There's nothing wrong with that. Reaching and went to a went to a house and ended up being my neighbor's brother who was dying of cancer, who asked me to pray on a Tuesday before. Out of all the houses in Zanesville, I went to the house of my neighbor's brother. What are the chances? Except God was orchestrating it. I went in and he could tell you the story. I'm sure he'll never forget it. But when I went in, this man was saying, I am I am being drugged to hell. I am being drugged to hell. He said, I have spirits trying to take me to hell. He was at the end of life. And they said, oh, preacher, we can't find a preacher. Would you pray? And we began to pray when I did. The Spirit of the Lord came in there in such a mighty way, pushed out all of that mess, all of that fear, all of that anxiety. Peace came in the room because when God's presence comes in, we just begin to pray. I'm telling you, this city needs God. I needed God. I'm here glad you found him and he found you one day. You'll reach for somebody. God's gonna bless them. Amen. You've seen the Project 1000. It's out in the, on the, but you need to have a list. Start praying and seeking God. How many have a list and you've been putting some names on there and praying and seeking? I, I, I'm glad somebody prayed for me one day. One more time before we leave, let's pray. Let's ask God to lead us and direct us. I'm pouring myself out to prayer. I'm going to let God use my mind and my spirit. I'm not going to be so caught up in hobbies and things that I can't be sensitive to the voice of God. Lord, there's people that need you. I want to be led of you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, make a covenant with God. I'm going to find some time to fast and pray. Because I want to be hungry for what you're hungry for. Oh, God, I don't, I don't want to be in a place. I don't want your presence, oh, God. Just go to church out of routine. I want to desire you, God, again. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's room at the cross for you. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.